gathering together for Sashin, part of the meal of Sashin is what we could call this appetizer of a Dharma talk or this condiment of a Dharma talk. The fundamental matter is your ongoing practice, our practice together, your effort. Nevertheless, we also add some spice. So for the today and tomorrow, I will speak a little bit about one Zen master and his way of expressing the teaching so as to support us, encourage us, help us clarify our life, this life that we share, this life of practice, this life of the awakened way, if we use that word, this life of the Buddha way, if we use that word. Master Yunmen lived in China in the 10th century, 9th, 10th century. And I'll start with his last day and go from there. Before he died on at the age of 85, he had had no appetite and decreased sleep for a short period. And then on May 10th, 949, Common Era, he turned to his attendant His attendant handed him a bowl of hot broth and he returned it. And he said, first, I am fine. Second, you are fine. And then he asked, he said, please take my leave from the emperor. Send him notice that I've taken taking my leave and please when you have the funeral do not have elaborate mourning and ceremonies and wailing and that was his last words I am fine you are fine it's very important because fundamentally This echoes what the articulation of the Buddha's awakening is. All beings of the great earth are the wisdom and the perfection of the Tathagata, the thus come one. 
Wisdom is the seeing, realizing clearly what our life is, and perfection is the manifesting this in our actions and responses to circumstances and to people. All beings, that's all beings you encounter, and of course you are included in that. And the articulation continues. Unfortunately, many are deluded and attached and suffer as a result of that. So there is the other side. Though we all attain awakening with the awakening of the Tathagatha, we can make trouble for ourselves and others if we believe all sorts of things, if we become entangled in all sorts of attachments. Yunmen is known for his his style of short, concise responses and speaking. Yunmen is uh, my poor Chinese um, pronunciation of his name. In Japanese, he's known as Umon. It's the same characters. Um, And of course it's a name connected with the final monastery that he was avid of. That's the tradition in Zen and in both China and Japan to take the name of one's monastery. So I want to bring up some of the things that he said to help us both to clarify this fundamental matter, this your fine life, which somehow or other we forget from time to time. Somehow or other we don't want to live from time to time much less the fineness of everyone else and every other situation that we encounter. Even being in the dark about the nature of our life, not a problem except if we're in the dark, about being in the dark. Yunmen said, every person originally has, is radiant light. Every person. That means you. That means every person you encounter. And yet, 
if we go try to look for it and figure it out, it's not seen. It's dark, obscure, because I'll let you reflect on why and how it becomes obscure. How and why does our life become obscure? Because that's where our opportunities and practice efforts are. What do we believe we lack? What do we believe others lack? What do we believe about ourselves? What do we believe about others? See, that's where we create problems. And that's where we have the opportunity. We don't have to create anything new. Just notice how and where we're being fooled by our stories about self and other. And yet, and yet, we can't stick to just a verbal expression. And even Uman said this. If I say to you that right now nothing is the matter, he says, I'm already, I'm already misleading you. And if you think you're going to make progress and get understanding from looking at words and phrases, you'll get tired and gain nothing. You might gain a glib tongue, as he puts it. So, one of the very nice cases of Yunmen's dialogues that comes down to us is in a collection called the Book of Equanimity, also known as the Shoyoroku. This is case 11 of the Book of Equanimity, and I'll just read the main case. It's a little complex, and then in today and tomorrow I'll pick up aspects of it. There's, in the way that this text goes, there's a preface and there's a verse and then there's capping phrases for the preface and the verse. No, excuse me, capping phrases for the main case and the verse. But for the most part, I'll leave those out, all of those out. So the main case. Attention. Great Master Yunmen said, When the light doesn't penetrate completely, there are two kinds of sickness. When wherever you are is not quite clear, and there are things in front of you, that is one 
even though you thoroughly penetrate the emptiness of all phenomena, all dharmas, there is still somehow seems to be something. In this also, the light has not penetrated completely. That's the second. Again, he says, there are two kinds of sicknesses in the Dharmakaya, in the body of the Dharma, of the universe body, let us say it that way. Though you reach the Dharmakaya because the Dharma attachment, the attachment to teaching, to practice is not forgotten, and a view of self still persists, you plummet into the Dharmakaya side. That is one sickness. Though you penetrate through this, if you are negligent, it is still no good. Even after a minute examination, even when saying, quote, what is, what inadequacy could there be? This also is a sickness. This is Yunmen's way of articulating places in practice, places in understanding, places in our life where we can get stuck. And when getting stuck, he's talking about what keeps us from being and functioning as we truly are. Getting stuck is where we create trouble for so-called ourself or so-called others. Creating trouble, after all, that's why we are unhappy. Creating trouble is, after all, where we suffer and others suffer. In one sense, we can say that all of practice is extra if we're trying, trying to get somewhere else, because that little poison is, as Yunmen says, so nicely is administering medicine to a dead horse. See, if our only task is to see right where we are what our life is or as he puts it 
take a step back, investigate underneath your feet and see what there is to this. And this is important for us. It's important because then we can respond to circumstances out of being who we are, which is always what our practice is. If I touch again on what Yunman says, it goes without saying that you, each and every one of you, and this is just talking to his, those gathered in his monastery with him, each and every one of you has this one thing, the great function manifesting itself without costing you the slightest effort. You don't differ from the ancestors' Buddhas. It's only because you lack faith in this or you're shallow and your habits are thick. Then we find ourselves creating all sorts of problems. We victimize ourselves by believing our problems. We lack nothing. We lack nothing truly, and yet, and yet, as he asks, what's the point of victimizing yourself? And, nevertheless, he says, you, each of us, must make the appropriate effort that's called for in our situation, that's called for in our life practice, that's called for out of when we discover and notice that we're entangled. As he so nicely says it, do you have some spare body and mind to fritter away? You must absolutely pay attention. So, see, he's in a way very simple and straightforward, encouraging us in doing our practice and yet at the same time knowing that our practice doesn't come out of believing some lack or believing some story about ourselves or believing that there's something else we need to get somewhere, from someone, but rather, as he says, investigating under our own feet. But let's see if we can...
look at those illnesses that he so nicely brings forth and we can say something about it. Because even though he uses a a language that might seem strange to us, if we can unpack it, we could begin to appreciate and make use of what he says to help us to be, as I said, either an appetizer or a spice in our ongoing practice. So, the first, the light doesn't penetrate completely. That's our situation sometimes. We find circumstances, whether our own or so-called that when we're with others, where the light of our life doesn't penetrate and the evidence is we aren't clear on what's happening. The evidence is we become confused, upset, angry, hurt, blaming, entangled. You are not quite clear and there are things in front of you. You are not quite clear and there are things in front of you. You and things, you and others are separate. That kind of duality, though on one hand, that's the way we operate in the world, and it's fine, and it's so, and on the other hand, that's not the way it is. So how do we not live that world and yet live that world? How do we not get caught in what we call dualistic way of being so that we can respond to the circumstances and people that occur, whether so-called inside or so-called outside, in a intimacy in an intimacy of being the light of this moment universe. We don't have to convince ourselves to believe any particular thing, but the more we can clarify where we believe there's not light, the more we can untangle or let go of what hinders us from being the light, the light which is right under our feet, the the light which is right in front of our eyes, the light which is exactly our life. That's the point of what He wants to encourage us. And it depends on our effort. It depends on us knowing that 
every situation that we encounter, every situation is exactly our life practice circumstance. We don't have a spare situation to build on the words that he said. We don't have a spare body and a spare life to say, this one I don't have to deal with as my practice because I've got another one somewhere else that's my real practice. So, though we are nothing but this light, we have to make effort. The effort we make is the effort of being the light that we are. And the simple and very simple practice effort involves being attentive, being the attention that is our functioning. It's not something extra that you have to do that you don't already know because the nature of being human is this attention. And yet, and yet, in doing this we discover, what should I say, all sorts of capacities and depths in our functioning. So we just pick up the little edge of the thread of our where our life is at this moment. And if we use that, if we make effort with that, that reveals the rest of what needs to be taken care of. The rest of the hand and the body and the life. I haven't gotten very far. Well, maybe I'll stop here and we can talk a little about this. Before I'll stop. When someone asked Yunman, what is the fundamental teaching? Yunman replied, no question, no answer. And yet he was known for bringing up questions and answering for his assembly. So, When he was before the assembly, he once brought up, what is wrong with someone in the dark about themselves? When no one answered, he responded, he answered for them. That ought not to be a problem for a great person. Another time, he went to a feast that was the the.
custom was for the various officials, in this case it was the palace of the emperor, to invite monastics for a vegetarian feast as a way of both honoring them and helping them get, in simple terms, get enough food. But so there was a vegetarian feast while he was abbot of a monastery known as Lingshu. And one of the court officials asked, is the fruit of Lingshu ripe yet? He responded, when could it be said to be unripe? This is an example of his style of teaching of cut it, what's called cutting off all streams, not allowing the questioner to believe to hold on to, to cling to the source and the roots of their questions, which were the problems. In a way, we need to sometimes do that for ourselves. So one aspect of Yunmen's style of teaching was cutting off roots because if we believe the question and go looking for answers, sometimes we could keep looking and looking, but the question itself is the poison in believing that question. Whether it's something we say about ourself and what we lack or what's needed, or sometimes it's things that we say about other people and other circumstances. As I said earlier, Uman once said to his assembly, What has so far been the matter with you? What do you lack? Even if I say, Nothing's the matter. I have already misled you. He says, you have to attain this level of understanding, realization. And most of all, don't take advantage of your mouth for haphazard questions and haphazard statements. Only if, well, I'll stop there. So that's a good time to ask you, to encourage you to ask what you wish, but not haphazard questions. If you want to change your position, please do. Yes. I'm going to change because I have to turn towards you to see you and respond. You said that there's no problem with being in the dark. Yes. And that there there might be a problem with the question. But is there not a is there not and I know it's picking and choosing between light and dark, but is it not a 
recognizing that, still taking action. Recognizing what taking is taking action. The darkness. And, 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 and trying to separate that. And I know it's like part of you know, picking and choosing and separating and differentiating, but, but if there is a, a felt sensation of something wrong... Well, darkness and wrong is, is, are two different things. If there's a felt sensation, let us say it differently, if there's a belief there's something wrong, it's good opportunity to see one, what we notice the thoughts there's something wrong, and then see can I inhabit, inhabit intimately this call it body mind or bodily contraction of that I call is wrong. And then out of that let that see reveal what's to be done. What's called for. Sometimes we want to direct our life with our thinking about our life. And though sometimes that's useful, certainly if you're preparing a brief, you need to use your abilities to think about it and to know past precedents and so forth. But in the functioning of being ourself, in the functioning of responding to circumstances, we don't get great benefit if we hold on to our stories about what the circumstances are or what the past are. That's when he talks about the first illness. That's exactly what he's talking about. Light doesn't penetrate We're not clear about the things in front of us and not clear about ourself. That's the dualistic way of approaching or the entanglement of self. Not that we have to get rid of that, but to notice when that arises and then see what is an appropriate response out of being present, out of being present as the experiencing moment life. Does that make sense? Well, give me a real-life situation, and then we can... Well, I don't even know what to relate that to. Well, when, when we speak to others, or when we're with others, sometimes we hold on to our story about what they are doing to us, or what they did to us, or what I need to get from them. And that becomes a blinder and a filter 
to my ability to be here now with them and doing what we're doing together, so to speak. Because you are. When you're with others, you're doing a something together. Not me doing something to you or you doing something to me, but us together. Even though I'm the one who's speaking at this moment, and then in a moment you'll be speaking. I can't speak out of your mouth, you can't speak out of my mouth, not that I know of. But, my, our speaking together needs to be a together speaking. Think of a specific, more specific situation if you want to be more specific. I can't, I can't remember where this started, but it was what you were just talking about before, uh-huh. and I couldn't relate it to a, situa- my, a well, situation in my life. Like, I just didn't, I wanted to understand how it actually... Well, see what get what occurs when you speak with people either close or even people who you just meet for one current instance. If Think of what was listed in, in those first two. When you believe that you are here and things that are not you are over there, and if you hold on to that belief, then the way you relate to the not-you can lead to problems. The way you relate to what the not-you says to you generates entanglement. This doesn't mean you have to believe some magical something else. But if we can come out of right where we are, as opposed to our story of where we are. That's what he's talking about. That's what we're talking about. That's what Joko talks about when she speaks of this sort of thing. Or, you can look at it in terms of the second, where he talks about there still seems to be something. But it's the holding on to there still seems to be something when it comes up. When it doesn't come up, we don't have to... It, it's These aren't about some sort of way of believing in the world. We don't have to do something extra, but it's when these habits arise... That and we hold on to them, or we believe them, it becomes as if we're separated by some sort of barrier, sometimes thick and sometimes thin. I mean, Yunmen is sometimes, um, what should I say? Um, 
crude. Um, and he uses a crude peasant responses when he, someone will say to him, what's the problem? And he says, the problem is you don't notice the stench of your own shit. Or he says, the problem is you're gobbling up words from other people and spouting them, but not being genuinely yourself. It's very crude in, from a, a certain point way, but it's very direct and immediate. Because he's trying to, in a sense, grab us, if I say it that way, and say, look, right here. This is where your life is. And if you're believing the story, which means when you meet someone, that moment is the whole of your life. When you're greeting and talking to someone, that moment is the whole of your life. There is no other before and after life other than right now. That's always what he's talking about. And that's always what our practice is. He always wants to remind us that it's not a matter of words. That, in fact, we've been talking about this in our Exploring Nothing Special. It's not a matter of words that we get, but a matter of discovering in our own very experiencing what our life is. And the way we discover, one thing that enables and helps us is to see when something gets in the way. Because when what gets in the way can be allowed to, what a, let me say, arise and pass, then what's always right before us, right under our feet, right our own functioning, call it light, call it breath, call it whatever, right there it is. It's not anywhere else. It's never been anywhere else.
me read what the other two illnesses are. Then we can stop. Because though you reach the Dharma body, because attachment is not forgotten and a view of self still persists, you get you plummet into the Dharma body side. In other words, there's one so that's one place where we get to You plummet into the Dharma body side. side. Yes. In other words, you plummet into that one side where you're attached. And though you penetrate through this, if you are negligent, it's still no good. Even if you were to minutely examine and say what inadequacy could there be, and you believe that, there is still sickness. So, on one hand, he uses words. On the other hand, he wants us to know that all conditions, even our ideas about our own very life, can entangle us. So, much less thinking about it as a... So, would by any chance, he says, the unintending heart-mind be it? Why? Is anything the matter? Take good care of yourself or yourselves. I seem to have caused everyone to become quiet. So. I okay. Newman um, has a very, um, it seems to me, clear understanding of the human condition in a sense. Right? He talks uh-huh. about entanglements and such. Yes. And yet, um, more challenging to help people, seems to me, move away from, if I say move away, then that could be poor speech, but the other side, you know, I can, I can listen to this and cognitively I can understand it, but I also, when I, when, when, when I get entangled, it's almost as though there aren't words that can help me. Yes. Yeah. There aren't words that can help you because you're believing the entanglement. And it's just your doing with the entanglement what needs to be done that can help. If you get words from someone else or even from your own memory, 
those, in a sense, misdirect you because they take you away from the immediacy of the what you call the entanglement in however it is for us. And it's in the immediacy of the entanglement that we have the opportunity because the immediacy of the entanglement is our life if we want to call it our life bodily contraction, in a sense covered over or being disguised by our entanglement about it. And it's in that this bodily experiencing that our opportunity is. But it requires not something that you can get from anyone else. It it requires, if there's the entanglement, it's the effort to allow the entanglement to disentangle by doing what's called for. See, what's called for, if we... I mean, we, we talk about it in, in simplified terms, in general terms, is always noticing and experiencing. Noticing and being the bodily listening, seeing. That's always what's called for. Noticing, releasing, and being bodily. And we could elaborate more on that. But that's what's called for in the immediacy what I said is more is, is more than the immediacy. It's already making it bigger. I'll add something Uman said, Yunman said. Either when asked what is the way, what is there to do, what's the practice, he said one word: go <laughs> or do. That's the practice. Thank you.